This is my Bible. God's holy word. I can be what it wants me to be. My mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I will not leave the same. All right, 1 Corinthians chapter number 3. 1 Corinthians chapter number 3. We're starting a new series. The Grace of Ownership. You say, Pastor, that's a interesting title where are you going with that well i've got to take you back before we can go forwards and that's going to happen a lot into today's message hopefully over the first half of the year you got the concept that we need to take ownership god wants us to take ownership of things in our life things that that he has given to us our our, our time our talents our finances resources uh, God wants us to how we do that is just let God be in control and what he tells us to do we do but if we're honest especially those of us as adults sometimes ownership can be scary I don't I, if you kids you know they're like oh no it's my first day of school and, and they're scared what's going to happen I don't really know and then uh, I got to go to high school. May, I mean, may, maybe you were excited, maybe you weren't, but I know sometimes high school, really. And then you graduate from high school, and all of a sudden I'm getting pushed out into the real world. So maybe you went off to college, and now you've got a huge college debt to pay off. Taking ownership sometimes can be scary. And yet the truth of the matter is when we take ownership of the things that God wants us to take ownership of. Grace. What is grace? Getting something you don't deserve. We're going to spend the vast majority of the morning in 1 Corinthians chapter number 4. But like I said, before we get there, I've got to take you back. 1 Corinthians chapter number 3, verse number 1 says, And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. Let's pray. Lord, we come before you this morning, Lord, and we just pray that you'd be honored, you'd be glorified as we study the Scriptures this morning, Lord. We just pray that as we dive into this first idea of the grace of ownership, Lord, that wouldn't be as scary as maybe sometimes we think it is. We just pray, ask all these things your name. Amen. Paul knew that whatever he did, he did it by and through the grace of God. He's constantly referring to according to the grace that God has given to me. That would have been especially pertinent to the people who were running around saying, well, I'm of Paul. That's what, that's what was going on. That's why Paul said, hey, I, 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 I speak to you. You're supposed to be spiritual. I mean, you've been saved. You've seen Christ, all of these things. You should be saved. I should be able to speak to you as an adult. But I can't. 
I gotta talk to you like a kid because you're all running around saying, well, my dad's better than your dad. My mom's better than your mom. I'm a Paul, so, you know, that beats Cephas and that beats Apollos. And Paul even said, some of you have the audacity to say that, just to say that, well, I'm of Christ and all that's true. You're not using it in the right context, in the right way. You're still trying to one-up This is the crowd that Paul is talking to. And if you know anything about the Corinthian church, it was messed up. So Paul makes a statement here. <laughs> Listen, you're supposed to be spiritual, but you're not. You're carnal. I'm of Paul. He's, he's, he's my guy. The truth of the matter is Paul would want nothing to do with these people because he simply viewed all of the gifts and all of his opportunities as having been given by the Lord. The story of his life was constantly, completely by God's grace and not by his accomplishments. Listen, Paul, you've heard me say, Paul was on the fast track. He was a Pharisee's the Pharisee's. He was probably going to be the next high priest. And yet everything that Paul accomplished after he got knocked off his high horse was because of God, and it wasn't because of him. And he realized that. And he accomplished a lot. It's said that he started between 150 and 300 churches. You're talking about taking some ownership of some things. I don't know about you, but I got a hard enough time keeping track of one church. I would want to keep track of 300. And yet, in this, we're, we're talking about the grace of ownership. Can you just imagine how in the world could Paul think that there's grace in the fact that I've got to keep track of 300 churches? Paul says, beware of using worldly wisdom and elevating self or others what let no man deceive himself in all sorts of way including how he thinks about himself allowing other people to elevate him there's a lot of potential for self deception in all of these in the coming weeks we're going to be talking this a, a little bit more but in first peter chapter number four each one of us received a special gift employee we must employ it in serving one another as good stewards of the manifold what grace of god So, what we're reading here is this. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter number 4, verse number 1. But a man so account of us as of the ministers of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God, moreover it's required in stewards that a man be found faithful. 
Listen, the first thing, if we're gonna if we're gonna have grace and ownership, the first thing we have to see is we're gonna have to know our position. One of my favorite sermons that I have for teenagers is, is talking about the, the life of David. David gets to go and he goes visits his brothers because his dad tells, tells him to. You know, take some bread, take some milk, take some cheese out of the well. Take these supplies to your brothers. They're, they're fighting the bad guys. And so he gets there, and, and one of the first things he hears is Goliath making fun of the armies and the, the God of Israel. Cain thinks to himself, I don't know who this blowhard thinks he is, but someone's got to take care of him. And he gets back to Saul, and Saul interviews David. And we, we know the story. David goes out and kills Goliath. Something. Honestly, it was Saul's responsibility to do. He was head of the nation of Israel, earthly speaking. And the Bible also makes mention that he's head and shoulders above everybody else. He's, a, he's the biggest, tallest, strongest guy in Israel. If anybody's going to go take on another big, tall, strong guy, it should be a big, strong We know the story David takes care of. It, it relays the story to to. to Saul about how, you know, it really wasn't that big a deal, you know. Uh, I mean, I, I killed a bear with my bare hands. I killed a lion with my bare hands. Who in the world is this guy? And obviously I'm paraphrasing. But Saul looks at David and says, who in the world are you? David makes this statement. I'm a kid of a servant. Think about that. I'm a kid of a servant. I am a nobody. But, but David knew exactly who he was. Listen, we, we have, if we're going to take ownership, and if we're going to understand the grace of ownership, we've got to understand who we are and we're just a servant. There's nothing special about us. Again, we're constantly trying churches and are constantly trying to apply the world's way of thinking to spiritual things and it doesn't work. You've got to climb the corporate ladder just like in, in your own business. You're just a nobody. You're, you're nothing special. Just a servant. But there's grace in that. Guess what? Because I'm a well, listen. What with great responsibility, or we come with great authority comes great responsibility, right? We've all heard that. I'm a nobody. I'm a nobody. The only authority I have is the authority that God gives me. I'm a middle at, at best. I'm a middleman. I really, I have the authority of Scripture, I have the authority of God, but I don't have any authority in and of myself, so I really don't have any responsibility. Think about that. You've got no stress. you got nothing to worry about. Listen, God says, listen, I'm giving you the responsibility to, to take care of my ministry on earth, whether it be going out and witnessing to somebody. You gotta pay the bills. 
Well, but God, how in the world am I going to pay, you know, for whatever? I'm going to put gas in my car and all of that. It's not your responsibility. It's his responsibility. Because you're a nobody. I'm a nobody. Don't worry about it. Listen. When you don't, when you get to the point in your life where we realize that you no longer have to worry about anything in your life outside of this, do what God wants you to do. Because when you do what God wants you to do, everything else will be taken care of. You guys, Kendra, I don't know how many times I've said it, but if something big is going to happen, we're going we're gonna to have to make a change. I don't know how it's going to happen, but God's going to have to do it. And it's usually the last minute God does it. He likes to leave us hanging. I understand that. But listen, he always, he always comes through. Listen, we're just a servant. We're nothing special. The end of verse number two says what? That a man be found faithful. Not only do you have to know who you are, but you've got to know what you trust in. What are you, what are we putting our trust in? But the, I, some put their trust in money. That always works out good when the stock market crashes. Well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm big and strong right now. What happens when something hits you? What happens when you just get old? Listen, I, 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 I'm not that old, but I'm not as strong as I used to be. Believe it or not, this five foot ten white boy used to be in the front basket. I can't do it anymore. My legs aren't as strong as they used to be. I know my tendons aren't. I blew up my knee, right? Listen, what what, what are you putting your faith, what are you putting your trust in? Because you're a nobody, you shouldn't put it in yourself. There's grace in that. Just be faithful. Just do what you're supposed to do. What is the Bible says what? That thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. It doesn't say that it lights it doesn't light up everything. You ain't gonna know everything that's going on. You wanna the only way that you're going to find out what's further down the road is to take some steps further down the road. My grandpa, he's probably has a personality that needs it's something that I would do. How many of you get sick and tired of people driving to the right outside? I mean, it just, it just gets them in your skin. Just like, my grandpa got sick and tired of it. He was a Electrical mechanic in the Air Force. 
somehow he got his hands on a landing light from a B-52. Just one. He wired it to his car, switch everything. Some dingbats coming down the road with his bright lights on and you know, Grandpa flashes his lights as a back to the 60s. Guided around with bright lights. He flipped, the, he said he flipped the switch, turned it on, and turned it right back on. Lit up everything like it was broad daylight. I mean, every single car comes to a complete screeching halt. Unfortunately, that's not what we're going to guess. Just lights up us a little bit ahead of if Listen, let's, let's just be honest for a second for those of us that have been saved for a little while. If you knew everything that you would have to go through, would you start this period? Listen, it hasn't all been pleasant. I realize God's promised to take care of you, and obviously you're here today. There's grace in them. I tell people, people tell me, I don't know what I would do if I ever have to go through that. You, you want to know why you don't know what you do if you ever had to go through that? Because God hasn't given me that grace. And God hasn't given me that grace yet because you don't have to do it. Because we've all, we've all been through some hard times in our life. Well, I don't know what I would do. Listen, Miss Linda, I don't know. Miss Joyce back there. I don't know what I would do if my spouse died. I don't know. But guess what? She's sat right there. I haven't had to have that grace yet. When the time comes, he'll give it to me. Actually, he'll give it to her. I can go first. But there's grace in ownership. Just doing what God wants us to do. And he gives us things that we don't even deserve. We've got to know who we are. And we've got to know what we trust in. We looked at it in, in chapter number three. What then is Apollos? What is Paul? See, these people that were wandering around saying, well, I'm of Cephas and I'm of Apollos and I'm of Paul. Listen. Essentially, that's what they were putting their trust in. Because they can get real dangerous if you start putting your trust in people. I trust nobody. I'm, I'm paranoid. I, I trust nobody. I'm hyper. I was at, I, when I was in, I think it was when I was in college, I didn't have a psychoanalysis done. Everyone had to. It's counseling psychology class to figure out a dead. Do you know that everyone... Everyone that's sitting here and all seven and a half billion people on earth have a mental condition? Everybody does. Why? Because nobody's perfect. I, uh, my, my father-in-law actually has one. I've seen it a couple times in my life. It's like $200 to, to buy it. But it's called the psychiatrist. Why? It's like this thing. And it has every mental condition. In there. Listen, we've all got a mental condition. Mine is I'm quicker than you. That's my mental picture. I don't trust anybody. 
I can take care of it myself. He said, don't, don't, be careful who you put your trust in. One girl saying, well, I'm of this and I'm of that. And, and the list goes on and on and on and on. We can take that one step further, and it gets a little bit more uncomfortable when we do. Well, you know, I'm, I'm, I know better than to say that I'm, you know, followed by a certain person. What about these people that say, well, I'm a Catholic person. I'm a Mormon. Listen, I understand that Baptist is the closest thing to Christ, but you know, let's just be honest for a minute, this getting further and further away from Christ, generally speaking as a whole. Or I'm a Democrat and I'm a Republican. Listen, where do you put your faith in? Listen, when you start identifying with things, that's what you start putting your faith and trust in. Listen. I'm a Christian. Why? Because that's what, listen, literally, that's what we put our faith and trust in. God, you got to take us to heaven because I can't do it. I am a Christian. I'm not putting it in some, I'm not putting it in money, I'm not putting it in people, I'm not putting it in a political machine or a religious organization. We've got to put our trust in Christ. On Sunday nights, we've been, we're going to, I promise you tonight we're going to. Last week I said it and we didn't because I got off on too many rabbit trails. But tonight we're going to finish this idea of an unsaved Christian. Listen, the, the gospel is the good news. Listen, we are servants of God, right? And it's our job. What, our, the only reason we're here is to help someone else have a better relationship with God. First and foremost, if they're not saved, to get them saved, obviously. But that's why it's important to encourage and edify and exhort believers. To help them to get have a better relationship with God. How faithful have you been with that which he has entrusted us with? It's required of a servant that he be found faithful. How faithful have you been? Because he's entrusted you with, that's the only thing you've got to worry about. Helping someone else become a better servant. Have a better relationship. How are we doing? Do we get so tangled up in other things? We're passing our tracks, I'll be talking to people. And I know that I, I know some of you have been. Debbie comes on Thursday nights. I, uh, Mr. Kerry was always telling me about people that got to at work. Wendy's telling me about someone she's talked to. Listen, I, I know that, but all of us can probably be a little bit better. Is required 
You're a servant. That's who you are. That you be found faithful. Can I tell you there's a privilege in long-term faithfulness? When this whole mess is over with, we get to go to heaven. We get our rewards. I would hate to think that we spent days, months, years, decades right before the end. I'm hanging up. I'm done. Just lost. I am not a fast person when it comes to speed. I can run forever. When I junior high, we got a new hockey coach. And he decided he was going to whip us all in the shape. But what he didn't know is that several of us on the team. We ran the one, three, and five mile cross country. And they did things really. If you guys know anything about track and field travel, we're going on right now. I didn't watch one this week. If you know anything about track and field, how they did it when I was in school, or in the district, and they just did stupid. They started with the 100 meter race, and then they did the 200 meter race, and then they did the 400 meter race, and then they did the 800 meter race. And then the 1500 And then they did the mile. And then they did the three mile. And then they did the five mile. So if you're running one, three, and you're running like nine miles when it's all said and done. Because they did them in order. They don't, that's not the smartest way to do it. But he's like, we're going to whip them into shape. The other thing they did is everyone had to compete. So here I am in the 100 meter race. And I've been in this my, you know, my whole life in Christian school, you know, okay. I am not going to win this. I'm just not. I know it. At the, by this point, you know, 13, 14 years old, I know I'm not going to win this. It's just not going to happen. I've been in enough of this long enough to know. Gun goes off, we all take off running. And I, I mean, like, 10 meters into it, I don't even know. Completely out of it. Just not a fast starter. Don't hit The lead guy falls down. Tripped over his own feet. There's like six of us running, right? He falls down, takes out the other four. Like bowling pins. I have to hurdle one guy. I hurdled one guy. And I win the hundred. Because I was so far behind, I didn't get taken out. Required Listen, you might be, you might think you're very far behind, and there's absolutely no chance of you ever winning. When time comes, you just got hurdle one person. 
Listen, I've had the opportunity to win a lot of things playing sports in my life, but that's probably my favorite one. I, you've got, you know, hockey and basketball and football and soccer and all the long, listen, they had to, they had to redig the long jump pit. It was 12 feet long. No, I'm sorry. It was 10 feet long. And I want to say I was in fourth grade. I jumped. I cleared the pit. So the next year they dig it to 12 feet. So now I'm in fifth grade. And I clear the pit. So now it's at 15 feet. I'm in sixth grade. I clear the pit. But my favorite one is got to win a 100-meter race. Why? Because it... Absolutely no shot. Think about that. There's lots of things that you have absolutely no shot of doing in and of yourself. Because you take ownership. God gives you something you have no right to have. Listen, absolutely no right. It's, at this point, it's packed away. This is one of my boxes. There's a ribbon. 100 meter race first place. No, no right. Absolutely not. Next week when we're playing games, you'll understand I can't run fast. Listen, there's grace when we take ownership. Stewardship, ownership, it's a beautiful thing. Let's pray. Lord, we come before you, Lord. We thank you for the truth from your word that helps us to know how to think about ourselves. We know there are a lot of different voices, some of them probably even within ourselves, that would tell us differently. Lord, we need your help to evaluate our thinking in light of what your word says. And I pray that we would, that we would think about ourselves simply as servants of God. That we would think about ourselves as stewards of the things that you have given us. And I pray that we would think about ourselves with the important goal of being found faithful. We understand that it's only in what Christ has done for us that any of this is possible. Lord, help us to trust you and just go the direction that you want us to go. As the piano begins to play, I don't know how the Lord spoke to your heart this morning. But listen, there's grace in ownership. There's nothing, nothing to be scared about when we know who's in control. 